Here he is, longtime NHL head coach and the former head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ron Wilson, joining us on Leafs Lunch. How you doing, Ron? I'm doing fine, Brian. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, you've been down this road before. How surprised were you when you heard the news this morning? Well, um, you're all surprised, but in this in this case, I, I really wasn't. But it's always uh, shocking news when a coach gets fired, especially one with a winning record. When you're in a scenario like that, as the head coach, if the heat is on you, can you feel it coming? Um. I think early in your in your career you don't feel it coming, but uh, later on, like my my last year with the Leafs, I did feel it coming. It, it got to a point um, we went into the tailspin. We had a good record. We were um, we were uh, we had a winning record and we were right on the playoff line. And but I just had a feeling that uh, you know I'd gone too far that it, it just couldn't be rectified without me being fired and and so that's what happened ron what's your assessment of a respected coach like randy carlisle how he couldn't get this group of players to pay attention to detail and commit to defensive hockey i well i never really saw any evidence of that i mean um and i've watched almost every leaf game this year on uh different channels but you never saw any uh, evidence of what I never saw any evidence of them uh, being committed to defense. I think sometimes they would, but more often than not, they didn't. And uh, that's really what the, the uh, I mean, the, the result of it being that Randy gets fired. Their total lack of consistency. So how do you change that? Well, I'm going to have to say a lot of these players, but they're going to come to that uh sooner than later I, I i'm feeling anyway because these guys uh some of the core players have uh, failed under two or three different coaches so it's it's got to be the players fault are they uncoachable in your opinion the core players um i wouldn't say that but uh i mean and it, I, I wouldn't really say that clearly but you'd have to surmise that some of them might be uh uncoachable now when you make a coaching change like this, you'll get everybody's attention and you'll be able to get some of the players to buy in. But after a while, uh, the message gets stale and uh, the guys revert back. You, you never change a, a leopard stripes and or uh, spots. And in this case, I don't see. I I think you paint over some of those uh, spots, but they'll eventually shine through the paint. And uh, um, and and that's that's just too bad. We're chatting with Ron Wilson. Um, in the, the hard cap era, when you've got all these long-term deals, a lot of them are just littered with no trade clauses, no movement clauses. A lot of the players on this team, Phil Kessel, you're familiar with, Dion Phaneuf, Joffrey Lupa, long-term deals. How difficult does that make the life of the head coach in terms of trying to get the players to buy into a certain system, a certain style, keep them accountable when you know they've got guaranteed money, long-term deals, and ultimately they can't go anywhere. No, I know that's a real difficult problem, and uh, <laughs> that's something that, uh, I mean, I'm all for the players getting as much as they can, and uh, term is especially important to most of the players, but uh, the job of the, the coach in uh, most cases, um, it, it's it doesn't work, and 
uh, that's just too bad with the way the the system has changed over the years. I, I think there was a point where um, the coaches, uh, without the the cap being in place, had I wouldn't say they had too much power, but uh, certainly um, you could get a player's attention and hold it for a lot longer than you can now. How do you win with Phil Kessel? Oh, I think I think he can win with Phil Kessel. I mean, he shows uh, obvious signs of brilliance throughout the year, but uh, Phil's problem, and I think it's 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 pretty much uh, the way Phil's been his whole career. He's he's two weeks on and two weeks off, and you just don't hope that you can get him uh, playing his best hockey for as long as possible. You can't you can't rely on Phil. It's uh, just the way it is. Uh, he he comes and goes, and uh, he gets emotional, and uh, he lets that affect his game and his relationship with other players. Um, but that's just the nature of the beast, and uh, that's what you have to. That's what you have to coach. You have to know that Phil's going to give you everything he's got for two or three weeks, and then for the next two or three weeks, you know, you don't seem to. Everything seems to go wrong for Phil, and that's just the way it is. How would how would that? affect his relationship with players what do you mean by that well i i i um i kind of think uh um proof is in the pudding and um phil's a very emotional guy and he's very uh when when he's going great everybody loves to play with him everybody wants to play with him but when he's not he's a hard guy to uh to get uh, on board on your side and uh but if you do get them on your side, it's good for two or three weeks, and then again it goes. But um, you know, it's only—I guess Phil's been in this uh, funk now for a couple of weeks, so he's going to snap out of it uh, pretty soon, and uh, the, the Leafs will be much better for it. Do you think Phil would ever respond or Dion to a benching or maybe something more severe, like sitting in the press box? There, you know, there's a lot of talk in pro sports about accountability. Do you think that would even affect those two players? Um, well, it takes it take a coach with pretty big balls to do that, but uh, um, there's only a few of them out there who are willing to, to bench a Phil. You're going to try everything in your power to uh, get him going without having to bench him, but uh, at some point, you just got to say, hey, Phil, uh, your ice time's going to be cut if you don't do these things. Now uh, you have to live up to it and do them. What's the biggest fear from a coach to, to not to do that? Um, well, I, I, I think the fear comes from, uh, from management and, and losing a game because uh, you bench Phil or you bench somebody. And uh, that, that's always the biggest fear that you face, that you know, your plans aren't going to work. But... Somebody has to do it, see if it works, and uh, go from there. We're chatting with Ron Wilson. Um, Dave Nona said this morning that when he was posed a, a similar question, not necessarily directly um, you know, in response to a certain player and taking that player in particular out of the lineup, but just in general, um, if he would be okay with that. And Nona said he would never micromanage his coach to that extent. Um, is that truly the case, or do coaches really – constantly look over their shoulder and think management is going to chime in here on pretty much everything I do, especially with a major decision like taking a star player out of the lineup. 
Well, in 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 knowing Dave the way I know him, um, I don't ever think Dave would micromanage the coaches, and um, that, that's my honest opinion. I think you have to have discussions. They have to be uh, you have to be open about your feelings about a player, and uh, and you go and base your decisions on on your discussions with the GM. And um, but I never ever suspected Berkey or now Dave Nonis of being a, a micromanager or anything like that. He's going to let you do your job and, and go from there. How often do you think the fan reaction and the media reaction plays into a major decision like this? Well, I think it, it plays a lot into it. Uh, Randy's been walking on eggshells all year um, because of his the failures of last year or whatever. I don't really know what everybody expects except in Randy's case he had a very short leash and when they let go of his two assistant coaches um, which was a strange move but one that I actually had to do uh, with my staff uh, you know you're walking on I mean it's the same things happened to Randy that actually happened to me uh, my situation we had to get rid of uh, Keith Acton and and, uh, and Timmy Hunter and I brought in a, a couple of guys I thought I was compatible with, but who were also uh, kind of suggested to me. But I wasn't against uh, bringing in the guys I brought in. But uh, three, four months down the road, you're the guy gone. So what can you do? That's what I don't understand. If, if you're on eggshells and you know it's probably coming, why wouldn't you just go out your own way? Are you going to bench somebody, whether it's Phil or Dion? Who really cares? Because at the end of the day, you're probably going to get canned anyway. I I, I couldn't agree with you more, but uh, unfortunately, when you're behind the the leaf bench, you're not always thinking as clearly as you'd like to. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure Randy Randy will look back on it now and say, "I wish I'd have done this, or I wish I'd have done that," and uh, we would have. And 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 you got to do it early in the season and, and establish that kind of, this is the ground rules, this is how we're going to play, and that goes for everybody. And then it's a lot easier to, uh, once you do it early, than to have to wait and then do it as a, a last-minute uh, desperation move. You've got to, I think you've got to do something like that early, and then uh, you can settle in and, and just coach. So if you had the exact same team, but you were playing in Phoenix, would you have coached that differently than the way you coached it here in Toronto just because of the difference in markets? Well, coaching in Phoenix, I mean, obviously there are differences. Uh, Toronto is the media capital of the NHL, and uh, everybody's paying attention, uh, um, whether they're a hockey expert or they're not. And uh, everybody has a, a, a place to voice their opinion, and, and you're going to hear it all the time. And in Phoenix, I don't think... There are many places you can go and catch the same amount of slack as you do here. So you're going to coach it a little different in Phoenix than you would here. But that doesn't. Uh, it's just it's just the way it is, and that, and I think you accept it when you uh, accept the co- Toronto coaching job. But what, trust me, I thought that I could make a, a difference, and I I seriously I, I I saw that I couldn't. Well, we talked about that prior to having you on. The idea of the Maple Leafs, um, I mean, they've been a disaster for quite some time. They've had one playoff round over the past 10 years. They haven't even been in a cup final, let alone won one since 1967. Yet people continue to want to be here. 
Uh, did that factor in, regardless of how bad the team had been playing? The idea of being the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, how important was that? How great of a sales pitch is that to prospective coaches? Oh, it's a, it's a great sales pitch because you do want to – everybody thinks that they can turn a team around uh, if, if given enough time and – uh, three or four years is certainly long enough to uh, turn the team around, and that's how I felt coming in here. That uh, you know, days are uh, are uh, long in the past. That uh, this team's going to be the same, and it just it just continued uh, for me. I think it got a little bit better, but uh, we improved every year. But it, it didn't. We didn't improve enough, as far as I was concerned. Really appreciate you taking time. Hopefully we can do it again down the road. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Ron Wilson.